Hello, it's your boy Pet. There's no Clarky today, no Vimesy. They've allowed me to do my own episode. Boy, they're gonna regret it because what it means now is I can do what I want. There's no rules. So let's stop wasting time and let's begin the show. It's like a little prayer You're down on your knees I know I took you there It's the midnight hour You can feel the power Just like a prayer You know I'll take you there You hear my voice It's like an angel podcasting You have no choice You hear my voice Feels like flying You close your eyes Oh God, you think you're falling Out of the sky You close your eyes Heaven help me When you're listening It's like a little prayer You're down on your knees I know I took you there It's the midnight hour You can feel the power Just like a prayer You know I'll take you there Like a child I whisper softly to you I'm in control Just like a child Now I'm dancing it's like a dream No end and no beginning I'm here with you It's like a dream Let the choir sing When you're listening It's like a little prayer You're down on your knees I know I took you there It's the midnight hour I you can feel my power just like a prayer, you know I'll take you there When you're listening, it's like a little prayer You're down on your knees, I know I'll take you there It's the midnight hour, you can feel the power Just like a prayer, you know I'll take you there Oh, oh, oh my name is Life of Pear. I chose to record alone The fans call my name And it feels like hope Just like a prayer My voice can take you there Just like a show to me This is podcast history Just like a dream This is not what it seems 
Just like a prayer in a church, my voice will take you there Just like a prayer, I'll take you there, I'll take you there It's like a dream to me, it's like the best dream to me Just like a prayer, I'll take you there, oh I'll take you there It's like a dream to me, it's like a dream to me Just like a prayer I'll take you there, let's go there together It's like a dream to me It's like the best part of ever Just like a prayer I'll take you there, just like a prayer It's like a dream to me Oh, what a dream to believe So I tweeted out asking for like the audience's advice, you, you guys' advice, on what this show should be about. I gave a few options and you guys could vote. And the options were, should it be another Ask Pet Anything, just like the first solo show was? Which was really good, actually. I really enjoyed that. Um, should it be about my favourite games? Or should it be about, I said, pets, life and love advice? <laughs> that That one got voted really low. <laughs> There was a clear winner. The clear winner was my favorite games. You guys want to talk? Uh, want me to talk about my favorite games? What I enjoy playing throughout my life. What I still enjoy playing. And yeah, this this is what that show is going to be about. It's going to be a solo about me talking about my favorite games. It was really hard for me to do a list because there's like so many games out there which I love. But I kind of made a list which I'm calling the Magnificent Seven, and these are my 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 favorite games from. Seventh being my least favourite favourite game, if that makes sense. And then number one being my favourite favourite game. Okay? So don't judge me too much because this list, like the order of the list was changing every two minutes. And I, it's going to, as soon as I record this, I'm going to be like, oh man, I should have had this number two or that number four. But hey ho, this is how I feel right now. And I want to talk to you about these games. So let's get straight into it. And number seven on the list of my all-time top favourite games is Portal 2. Even just hearing the robots hum, yeah, it brings back so many good memories of this game. This game, Portal 2, if anyone who hasn't played it, um, it came out on P it came out on everything basically. PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. It was a last gen game, so it came out on PlayStation 3. So um so yeah, and oh my god man. What a game, what a game. A lot of these games on this list isn't just about how they do graphically or how they do gameplay-wise. It's more like, my favourite games is more about the feeling it gives me. Like, what does this game say to me? How does it make me feel emotionally? Like, does it excite me? Does it give me pleasure? Does it do this? Does it do that? And Portal 2 was such a charming game. Like, at its core roots, it's a puzzle game. But it's anything but a puzzle game to me. It's more like a... It's like a show. Like, it's one of the funniest games I've ever played. And that's mainly thanks to... There's, there's two real characters in this game, man. And that's thanks to one main character, yeah? And that is the best character you... Like, for me, in any video game. My favourite character, maybe, of all time. 
in any video game. Yeah, I can probably say that. And um, and it's played by someone who I thought was very funny, but after playing this, I just think he's a genius. It, it's played by Stephen Merchant. So if anyone who doesn't know Stephen Merchant, he's a British um, writer, playwright. He's very famous for co-writing and inventing The Office with Ricky Gervais. So the English version of The Office. He went on to do other stuff as well. And he's been in a few American films as well. Like he turned into acting. But um, but yeah, he's the co-writer from that. And he's got his own... He had he was on the podcast show with Ricky Gervais. Um, and, this, and he plays the main character in this game. Which can only be described like a metal robot. Like a circle... I don't even know what you would call him. Like he's like... He's like a robot. His name's Wheatley in the game, yeah? And you wake up in the game. The first scene is you wake up like in this hotel room, in this bedroom. And it's like a futuristic bedroom. And this, this like, eye thing, yeah? It looks like a metal eye um, comes towards you and he starts talking to you. It's like on this metal arm. And um, it's Stephen Merchant's uh, voice. And, he, and that character sort of guides you through the game. Like, tells you not really useful information. Guides you in the most peculiar way. Like, almost says, like, um, wrong stuff t to you, uh, which then you figure out was wrong, and then he feels bad about it. It's just like a really well-written script that he has to do, and I can't imagine that being like a full script. I can imagine, like, Stephen, he must have done a lot of improv, like, in that role, which is really good. And he's got, like, a very sarcastic humour, which usually I don't like. It's like a very English humour, which I usually don't get English humour too well. But his humour is just so, like, inappropriate and so good. It is really like The Office, you know? Like, when they say, like, in The Office when they do something inappropriate and it's funny because it's so, like, cringy and stuff like that. That's, like, how his character is in this. And it's really, really good. And obviously there's a big twist, like, halfway through the game and, you know, you work out other stuff which you didn't think was going to happen. And it's a fantastic game. And the gameplay as well, like, it's not only about the feeling. The gameplay is very good. It's very simple, but it can get complicated. The simple thing is you've got a you've got a weapon on you, yeah. It looks like a it looks like one of our Mega Man's rockets on your arm. And you shoot this thing and you create a portal, yeah. So if you shoot it again, you've got to shoot it twice. So you shoot it, let's say, at the wall ahead of you, and then you shoot it on to the wall on your left. Um, if you walk in either of the two portals that are formed, you'll come out the other end. So if I go straight ahead, um, I'll come out the left side, and with that principle, the game puts you in these really nice puzzles, which aren't like frustrating or anything like that. They're, they're nice to work out and finally get there to the end. And the whole game is about that, but that's on its really basic level again. It's a puzzle game, but it's all about the story. And the story is incredible. Like uh, when you wake up in this hotel room, you come to realize that it's not really a hotel room and you're almost like a, a prisoner. There's this other overarching robot doing experiments on you and uh trying to figure out exactly what you are almost like you're you know you're a little like a, a test rat in a sense you know they're trying to play tricks on you and you get this weapon to almost try and escape with it like they you know you make them think that you're going along with the experiments but actually you're much cleverer than they're giving you credit for and you're trying to escape from this um from this laboratory it is a laboratory you know um, the portal laboratory and there's there's tons of jokes in there and, and it's just it's just a fantastic game and it looks really nice as well 
Um, it's from the same creators as Half-Life 2 and Counter-Strike. Uh, so it's, it's, it's Valve, which is, you know, a really good company. They haven't done enough stuff in the past. I can't, like, in, in the present is what I want to say. I can't believe how they haven't gone on to make, obviously, like, Half-Life 3, but Portal 3 as well, man. Like, there's been little spin-offs, I know, with, like, the Bridges game, the Construction Bridges game, but Portal 3, it, it deserves its own. It deserves, you know, another game. It's a fantastic series. The f I did play the first game, which was more... It was a little bit story-based, but without the voice acting and without the characters, it did feel just like a puzzle game, where this feels like a real story game, to the point at the end where it doesn't even feel like a puzzle game. It feels like a an adventure game. You know, the, you're, you're using this gun to to almost um, uh, platform with. You know, so it turns it turns away from being pick up this box and take it down here and avoid that robot that has the laser on it and it guides you. You know, it turns in it it turns into it turns it on its head, and that's what's so fantastic. And on top of that, you've got all the great characters, you've got the great story, you've got the great um, uh, graphics. It is honestly, I can say this game is a must play, and that's not only to people who like puzzle games; it's to anyone because before this game. I didn't really like puzzle games, and I still probably don't, and that, and I still love this game. So what does this tell you about that, this game? That is, at its core, a puzzle game. I don't like puzzle games, and it's one of my favourite games of all time. And that's all I got to say about Portal Two. Number six on the list of my all-time favourite games is Dead Space Two. Man, I'm going to start by saying I am a scaredy cat, yeah? When it comes to video games. When it comes to video games, I don't like horror games. I can't play them. It scares me too much. I don't feel comfortable. It doesn't excite me. It scares me. And saying that, Dead Space 2 is one of my favourite games of all time. And it's a horror game. It's a horror thriller game. There's lots of jump scares. There's lots of disturbing things like it's it's horrible but so good um this game starts off yeah you know this game is f from the beginning yeah because you start off uh waking up in a in a crazy asylum basically a futuristic one this is set in the future yeah you wake up in a space station which is like a uh for, for the criminally insane you, you wake up tied up in a straitjacket that's when you know like shit's about to hit the fan yeah and i hadn't played dead space one so I didn't know what was going on here. You wake up, and I haven't played this in ages. Again, this was last gen um, on the PS3 era. And if I remember correctly, the guy who's talking to you at the beginning, he later goes off and um, and, and knocks himself. Like, you know, he he, he he does himself and, he, and he's gone. And then you're left there, like, with half memory, trying to figure out what's just happened. You've lost your memory. And you and you see all these these aliens walk around they're called like necrophines i think something like that and um and yeah man it's it's really scary it's a really scary game but it's so good what's good about it is the gameplay first let's let's talk about that and then we'll talk about the feeling the gameplay is just really slick like everything about the game is just really well done this game was published by ea and this was when ea used to do amazing games you know before they kind of 
I'm not going to say messed up Dead Space 3, because I still think Dead Space 3 was a good game. But it went more action-y when this was more, like, scary, corridor, walk slowly kind of game. Not, I don't want to say Resident Evil-like, but it wasn't It wasn't Resident Evil 5 and 6 where they'd just gone complete action, do you know what I mean? Um, but this game, it just looked slick. It's like, there was nothing, there was nothing on the screen, nothing to distract you from what was going on in front of you. Because the atmosphere was fantastic, like the dark space, the lighting was really good, especially for a last-gen game. Um, there was nothing, there was no AI, there was no um, UI to distract you. Your health was on your on your um, armor. You know, there was this like big line running from your head down to your body, and it would show you how much energy you, ha you had there, like a light would come up, and every time you got hit, the light would um, go down. The bullets, even the bullets on your gun, that would appear above your weapon, so when you aimed, you would see... Uh, like a little a projection of how many bullets is left. You know, there was nothing cluttering anything. It was just like, you know, your, your focus was what's going on in front of you. And if you had to see these secondary things, they weren't they weren't thrown in your face. Like, bloody, I don't want to talk about Fortnite, but bloody Fortnite now, man. There's like XP bars everywhere. The, there's maps in the corner. There's this, there's that. There's the menus everywhere. This was just, just smooth and slick. Like a nice looking game. Um... Again, talking about gameplay, the aliens were quite unique in terms of uh, they would they would still come at you. Like when you shot them, they they weren't really dead. You had to properly stop them. So, for instance, if you um if you shot its foot enough times, like its leg or it's not really leg, but its its thing that would hold it up steady. Oh, let's call it a leg. Sometimes they would have like four legs. It would shit, but um you know, it would still come at you. It would come at with without any legs. It would like crawl in its arms and try and get you. That shit was scary. You could um you could shoot its arms off completely and then it would try and bite you. Just mad stuff. Like you you know, really sort of evil stuff. But um but the gameplay was fascinating. Like you trying to figure out what you're doing there, seeing these hallucinations. Like I always like games, even films, like where they're a bit trippy. And one way of like making all this kind of trippy vibe is making your character see hallucinations, like stuff that isn't really there, but you you end up not knowing what's really there, what's a threat, and what's not a threat because it's not actually there. Like what what's rally and what's not. Like this guy's losing his mind, and you're you're playing it, and you're kind of losing your mind at the same time as this guy is. But somehow throughout the game, he finds the courage to do the right thing, take down this 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 beast. And um, and yeah, it's a fantastic game. And again, I want to talk a little bit how it made me feel because yes, it scared the shit out of me, which I didn't like. I'm not putting that as a positive. It gave me a fantastic atmosphere, like where it chose to do lighting, where it chose to do mist, where it chose to do fog, where it chose to to do an empty space, where it chose to do a really pause bit. Like all of these things were really clever decisions by the developers, they've really thought about this stuff. It wasn't just continued down this boring corridor. Every corridor was different, every area was different, and it really excited you not knowing what was behind the door, how it was gonna interact with you. And on a smaller scale, like on, on Deep Space, Dead Space 3, where it was kind of, I'm not gonna say open world, but you went outside and you saw a big open space. You kind of lost that cluster feet, that cluster, what's that word, claustrophobic? You know, like when the walls are tight and you claustrophobic. I think it's claustrophobic. You kind of lost that claustrophobic feeling of being trapped. And this is what this, this game sort of did to the end. Like, you know, you felt trapped. You felt like you really were in the shits. Were number three. You didn't feel like that. You might as well have been 
um, Nathan Drake walking around outside instead of um, what was his name Isaac Clark like plotting around this 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 deadly space space station and I just I just believe games like Alien Isolation and stuff like that they must have looked at this game and Dead Space One and seen what was going on it, it, and it, it's a fantastic game again a must play for any horror fan I truly think that number five on the list is. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2. Hello? Where's the music? There it is. Bro, just hearing that sound. Just hearing that music, man. Almost bringing tears to my eyes. What, what an emotional game. This game is all about what it makes you feel. Because I said it like it was one of my first reviews on this show. Like nearly, what was it, four years ago? And um, I played this game that I never played before. I heard about it and I just, I went on a punt. I never thought I'd like it. And I just went and bought it and I just, I remember saying like on my original review how I thought the graphics were shit. How I thought the um, like the the gameplay was shit. How I thought the story didn't make sense. That was shit. And then I rated it ten out of ten. Like I just thought the game overall, despite everything it doesn't have going for it, it somehow adds to the charm. And it doesn't matter when the game overall gives you that feeling. You don't care. You see bypassed everything. Like the the shit graphics almost almost complement it. I prefer it maybe to Kingdom Hearts 3 graphics. Like, I, I don't know why, but it's just that this game, for anyone who hasn't played Kingdom Hearts here, it's bonkers. It's made by Square Enix, the same, the same company that make a lot of traditional JRPGs, like Final Fantasy. And the best way to describe this game is, it is Final Fantasy meets Disney. So, instead of having your normal characters, you will have some sort of made-up characters, like... Let's imagine the equivalent of Final Fantasy characters, but they'll be embedded with Disney characters, the ones we all know and, and love and grew up with, from Mickey to Donald to Goofy to, to absolutely everyone. Like, part of this game is you visit different Disney worlds, you know, from the bloody The Lion King all the way to um, The Little Mermaid, and you do missions in those worlds. I'm not going to get too much into it because, again, I don't want to get too much into the actual gameplay for one, one reason why, for people who haven't played it. And two, I've already done a review in it. This is more about why it's one of my favourite games of all time. And it's about how it makes me feel. And it makes me feel great. It makes me feel positive. Like, it makes me feel like a kid again. It makes me smile. It makes me emotional. It makes me care about my friends. My friends in real life. The, the, the friends. The characters in the game. Like, the game really is... The message it gives you is that, like... Open up your heart. Open up your heart to the world. You know, the main character has this... It's a blade. It's like a sword. But it's a key. It's a huge key. And it's symbolic of opening up. You know, trusting your friends. Trusting in yourself. Believing in yourself. Like, all this... It's, it's a really charming game. To the point where I, I went out to um, Comic-Con. And I came back with a huge blade. A key blade. I was, like, walking it on the bloody tube and stuff. Like, walked it all the way home on the train. Um, 
Do you know what I mean? Because this, this game touched me. And I'm a grown-ass man. And it's touched thousands of other people. And it's been out for ages. This game originally came out on PS2. Since then, other series... 1 and 2 came out on PS2. And then, like, a lot of the, the side games came out on... Um, 3DS. 1 on uh, Game Boy Advance. 1 on the PSP. Uh, 1, obviously, on the on the PlayStation 3. And then lots of remixes and like HD graphics and stuff like that came out again. And yeah, man, like it does such a good job of making you want to see the next world, making you want to see who you're going to bump into next. And you've never seen these characters before like this. You know, you've seen lots of, um, I don't know, you've seen the Little Mermaid and the Little Mermaid 2 and the spin offs and the cartoons or whatever, you ain't never seen Flanders like this or the Jamaican crab, what's his name, Sebastian, you know, they're different like this, and when you spawn into the world like this, you've never seen Donald and Mickey like this, you've never seen um, Goofy, Donald and this is, uh, everyone's got different rules, yeah, like Goofy's like a defensive guy, but Donald's like a magician, he's got like a wand, it's just mad, it's just mad, and some of the stuff, like some of the attacks is just crazy, and it's funny, and the people you bump into is really good, and the evil characters, a lot of the evil characters from uh, the Disney movies, usually like the witches and stuff, like let's imagine like Sleeping Beauty, you know, that main witch, and that is one of the main baddies in this, and it's just, what a fantastic game, like what a game, how can anyone play this game and not find it charming, yeah? The only thing is, the story is hell of a confusing to follow, like crazy confusing, not the individual quest, because you just go on normal quest like you do in any other JRPG, you know, go over here, save this person, this prince is in, in trouble, go do this, uh, Mowgli's lost this, Pocahontas needs that, like, you know, all these normal quests which make sense, but the overall story about the, about like the people in the Black Hoods, and that gang, and who you are, and you're trying to remember, and you're trying to save Sora, and you're trying to wake up, and you're trying to do this, that stuff is hella complicated, like, to the point where I don't even get it, but, obviously I get the overall point, the message the game's trying to give you, and the message is, is beautiful, I can't believe Kingdom Hearts 3 took so long to make, obviously they didn't want to do any mistakes, and it's really hard to get all the rights to the, um, to the Disney movies, and it's even harder then to get all the characters, the real voice actors, in your game. Like, some you can't do, like, R.I.P., like, you know, Aladdin, like, the genie, Robin Williams is no more R.I.P. to that guy. And, but then, like, good luck trying to, you know, hire Danny DeVito, who played the little goat in Hercules, to come and do a voice acting for that. Or um, the Frozen Lady, or Tom Hanks from Toy Story. Like, it's hard. You know what I mean? Like, even the Disney people in America, because this is made like in by a Japanese company, like it's hard, like, what are you going to do, fly them over to Japan, you're going to go down there to America, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're not going to get everyone in the same room, it's not like you can just do a new video game and go like, alright, well let's get these five characters in the room, this, this is mad, like, God knows what Tom Hanks' schedule is like when this other brer, like, it, it, you know, I mean, this ain't getting Jimmy Bobby in, in the same room and sorting it out, so these games take ages, but when they come together after all that effort, man, Christ, it shows, you can see the effort and is something, I haven't used this word yet because I don't think the other two did this, like the other two, three games I talked about, but this is magical. This game is, there's a magic about it. They've hit a gem 
they fit like something special. This game is is really special, man. And um, just a big thank you. Like it almost feels like I don't even feel like I I didn't lose anything by giving money to buy this game. I gained something. I'm happy. Like thank you to the developers for making such a beautiful game that's touched so many people and touched me. And that's what this game does. And that's why it's on my favorite list. Number four on the list is Catherine. I must admit, I remember the like the instrumental music, but I don't remember remember the rap in that game. <laughs> Where did that come from? But yo, that game, ah, oh, Catherine, man, who's played Catherine? Who hasn't played Catherine? Again, a last gen game. There's a lot of last gen ga games here, but ah, oh, Catherine, Catherine. If you haven't played it, pick up the this gen version, which is called Catherine Full Body. Oh my god. Where do I start with this game? Um, it's published by one of my favourite developers ever, Atlas. Japanese company that make Japanese style games. And this, in its core, it's very similar to Portal in a way. It's a puzzle game in its core, but it's not about the puzzles. Forget the puzzles. Let's not even talk about the puzzles. Um, okay, let's talk about it very quickly. The puzzle is almost like a... Imagine Tetris, Yeah. But you're climbing it. You're controlling a guy in third person, Vincent. And you're climbing a Tetris while it moves. You've got to pull them out, push them in. There's all these different blocks. You've got to climb all the way to the top and reach the top. If you don't do it in time, something will get you. And the stuff that gets you is crazy. It might be a fire. It might be a really big baby. It might be your ex. It might be this. But forget all the puzzles. The puzzles are played out in your mind when you usually go to bed and you're dreaming. Because you're seeing nightmares. And the reason you're seeing nightmares is because you're, um, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say you're cheating because you're, you're not necessarily cheating, but you've got a long-term girlfriend, or was it fiance, I can't remember, you've got a long-term partner, let's put it that way, yeah, called Catherine with a C, Catherine with a C, but you meet another girl called Catherine with a K, yeah, you meet her in a bar. So half this time is spent like socialise socialising at this bar where you meet different characters and the other half is puzzles and the last is cutscenes. There's no more than that. Just with those three little things, yeah, just with gameplay in a bar, puzzles and cutscenes, this game has made my top fourth game of all time. And that's again due to the story. Bro, the story's amazing. It's like watching an anime and it's all kind of um like a telltale game you can pick how you want to act in the game, what path you want to take. And there's lots of different endings and there's lots of different paths you can take. And for me personally, oh man, All right, we're going to get a, a little bit personal. That's what I like doing the solos, yeah. When I first played this game, I was in an effed up place with women, yeah. I, I wasn't in a great place. I was, I didn't give a shit. That's the truth. I did not give a shit. I was just going wild. I was seeing different girls at the same time, not giving a shit about anyone's feelings. I was very young, I was in uni, I was just going wild, yeah? And when I played this game, it almost came up like the perfect time where... I wasn't like in a seamless... I was in a relatable scenario. 
I don't want to say similar scenario, but I could relate. I could relate to Vincent. I could really relate to him for different reasons, yeah. And I played this the way I was living my life. Like that's how I like to play multiple choice games. I don't want to do what I know is the right answer. I want to do what's the true answer to me. Otherwise, there's no point. And I did the true answer, and I got the worst ending in the game. Basically, that's what that's what I found out. <laughs> Literally, there's lots of endings. I got the worst one, but I deserve to get the the worst one because that's that's the way I I play the game. And a lot of the paths they're not clear. Like they're kind of they suggest what's the right answer to get a good ending, what's not. Obviously, like let's just give a really blatant scenario. You got a girlfriend, yeah. You see a beautiful girl in the bar. Do you kiss her? Well, you know if you say yes, go ahead and kiss her. It's not a good scenario, right? They ain't gonna they ain't gonna mark you up for being unfaithful. So a lot of the questions aren't that stupid. The questions are more kind of along the vibe of. You see a beautiful girl in the bar. You're currently on a break with your girlfriend. Um, you know for a fact if you kiss her, no one will ever find out. Do you kiss her? You know, it's a bit more... It's not as black and white. It's like... Even that is more black and white because you know that's still... I don't know if that is wrong, actually. I don't... It's... It's <coughs> it's not black and white. Sorry, I got a cough. It's not black and white, basically. And the, the game throughout those is playing along these lines of what's right and what's not right. And... You're also playing with your emotions of, is the is the C Catherine, what's right for you, or is the K Catherine, what's right? Like, are you ready to get serious in a relationship, or are you not? Do you know what I mean? A lot of people can relate to that, and the game overall touches on a lot of things. It doesn't just touch upon love, but it it touches on love, trust, friendship, um, and then it starts getting trippy as well. Like you start. It's hard not... You know what? I'm not going to talk about that because it's going to spoil it and the new game came out now. But it starts getting trippy and it really blurs the line. And the thing... Do you know what it is as well? I've said this before with my friend like when I talk about... There's like... I almost see everyone's life here. There's a line of, let's say, morality. That's how I like to think about it. There's a morality line, yeah? Anything to the right is acceptable behaviour. You know? And, that, and everything to the left is not. And let's say you got a girlfriend, yeah? You got a girlfriend, you're in a relationship. If you're at a bar and the girl comes and speaks to you, some people would say, put that to the right, they're just speaking. You're just going to speak to the girl, she's going to move off. Some people would say, no, don't even speak to her, don't entertain her because, um, you know, you got a girlfriend, respect your girlfriend. So this game really plays about like with stuff like that. And the problem is, your line of morality, it will be different to my line of morality. I don't know if morality is a is a is a is a word, but the line's different for everyone, yeah. And also, what the problem is is not only is that line different for everyone. Every time you do something, that line bends a little bit to some people, yeah. Like let's say you do talk to the girl, then your line goes a little bit more to the to the left, and you allow more stuff to the right. Let's say then like you have a little cuddle with the girl. Ain't nothing bad with that. So your line gets even more bent to the left. You know what I mean? And slowly you find yourself doing stuff that other people would say, yo, yo, that's not right. And this is what that game plays with. It's all, it's all about your emotions, yeah? And if you play the game truly, you'll get the ending you truly deserve. And it's a life lesson as well. The life lesson really is, the bottom line, obviously, is you fuck around, you're going to get burnt. I guess, but it's not as clear as that, because it's also like, 
if you fuck around, then maybe because you're fucking around, it wasn't meant to be with the other girl, or was it because you got such a? Because it's so trippy. Like you gotta play it, man. If you like what I'm talking about, if you like this, like interesting shit. What, what, like, what is it? Um, what is right? What is wrong? What I'm trying to say is, what is right and what is wrong is different to to you and different to me. Yeah, you might live your life a certain way. And I might live my life a certain way. It doesn't mean you're better than me. It doesn't mean I'm better than you. Just because I go to church every Sunday doesn't mean I'm more loved to God than you are. Do you know what I mean? In the same way, the same way just because that guy like bangs a hundred girls or men, if that girl bangs a hundred, let's say that girl bangs a hundred men, don't make her more, it don't make you more like loyal in the future or more, prestige or whatever it don't make her nothing i don't know what i'm saying this game is sick bro play this game if you want to answer some of these questions make up your own mind number three heavy rain Heavy rain is an emotional experience. I played this game again on the PS3. It was an exclusive. I played it with my good friend, my best friend, Dr. Oculus, as we call him on the show. And man, we started playing this game and we were hooked. We played it all the way through in one sitting. In fact, funny story, we played it all the way through. It took us like... I think about 15 hours yeah we took a break in between but when we finished playing <laughs> man i was like i was i was almost in the video game like it, it wasn't healthy let's just say that it wasn't healthy but um we played and then i turned off my playstation my playstation 3 and it died it was the last time it ever turned turned on it was the last time it ever turned off it just died and I remember feeling at the time like with my friend Will we were just like you know what it's all cool like it's given me the best experience on PS3 and it's just it's just died like softly like it was beautiful it was almost like a beautiful way of the PS3 just dying my friend Theo then fixed it for me which was lucky and it could turn on for like two minutes but then it would die and I quickly I turned it on <laughs> he fixed it for two minute length two minute life I ran it to game and I swapped it there, and then they only tested it for like a minute, and I swapped it for a PS3 Slim, and I got it Slim instead. But anyway, yes, we're, we're getting sidetracked. Um, heavy Rain, oh my gold, man. We talk about, like nowadays, especially with Death Stranding and stuff, everyone's talking about kind of what a genius Kojima is, and da-da-da, yeah, like, Kojima is a genius, but I'll tell you what, the developer of this game, the director, the visionary, everything, David Cage, man he's he's a legend as well he's a genius he made this game he's got the company called quantic dreams you might know them from things like um beyond two souls which came out after this and fahrenheit which came out before this and most recently what was the other one um after the, after beyond two souls the robot one detroit you know so he's doing his thing 
But with this game, man, it elevated him to to, to genius director. What a game! Um, at its core, again, the game is like an investigation type of game. You know, where you go around looking for clues. It's all about the story. It is all about the story and the atmosphere. The story is really good. It's, and that hence why we played it for so long because it, it, it completely sucked you in. The world they made was amazing. And the story begins with, you're this guy here called Ethan. And I don't want to spoil it too much, but he's had a, a bad trauma in his life. Okay? Um, which means he's very, very close to his son. So the bad trauma in his life, but because of that trauma, he still has blackouts now and again. He goes to the park one day, he has a, a small little blackout, he wakes up, the sun's gone. Panic mode, where's my son? Da, 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 da. Um, and the whole game becomes about finding your son and finding him in time because there's this killer on the loose. He's called the Origami Killer. Well, like, cool. He's not called the Origami Killer. This ain't like no, like, you know, bad Kojima naming system. It's just uh, when the killer strikes, he leaves these little origami clues, like uh, where he strikes. And they find one of these and. Um, it's this guy that's been abducted. It's a really dark story when you think about it. It's this guy that's been abducted, abducting children and they usually turn up three days later, you know, click, click, done, finished. And um, you go on this search to find your son and the origami killer, let's call him the killer, yeah? The abductor. Let's call him the abductor. The abductor leaves you notes because he wants to test you. It's a little bit like that game Saw. He wants to test what you're, how much you love your son. Are you willing to do this to save your son? And again, similar to Catherine, it becomes a little bit about picking... You, there's a theme in all these games, which I love. It becomes about picking choices. Like, how far will you go to save the, what, the, the, your son, the person you love? How much you really love him? How much you value their life over your life? And the decisions are really hard to make because each decision leaves down a different path. There's lots of different endings. There's lots of narratives. And depending on what you do, you get different endings. And again... Me and Will, we said from the beginning, we are going to play this game true to ourselves. And we played it true to ourselves. And we didn't deserve it, yeah? But we got the worst ending in the game again. Or the second worst ending in the game. We got the, yeah, the second. The second worst ending in the game. Um, we didn't deserve that because we played it true. And I think we played it right. But yeah, so the game becomes... You're making choices all the time. You're making choices all the time. And... It's not just the choice of the main character, because you play as different characters, which is great. You play as four characters in total. And it's great to play with a friend, because what we did was, all right, I'm going to play as these two characters all the way through, and Will, you're going to play as these two characters all the way through. So whenever it's that guy, it's you. Whenever it's her, it's him. The characters are really entertaining. You've got, like, from one guy from a detective to the father to a prostitute to, a, um, to an FBI agent. Like, the characters are really great. They all got different paths. They all follow different clues. They do sometimes interact with each other, but it's really cool because the characters, it's like, they can die at any point. If you don't play this right and you lose a character, you might lose a vital clue. At the same way, actually, maybe a character dying helps you find the truth as well. So it's, um, it's really intriguing. Like, a character can die like, after, with like half the, half the gameplay. Like, they could have lived on for hours and hours of gameplay after that. But um, it depends how you, how you want to... Do your life, and I remember a distinct scene as well. Where some people criticize the game a little bit because there's a lot of cut, not cut scenes. Uh, what's it called? Quick time events. Hell of a lot. The, the whole gameplay is basically quick time events. Yeah, 
like you move around and stuff but when you get in a fight and stuff like that it's all quick time events and um will was in a scene where we kind of realized early on that his life was at risk here yeah controlling his character and um he failed to do the the uh, quick scenes yeah and then as things were getting really dark you had to do the the the, the quick time events like on point standard chance and i remember him like putting down the controller as his character was basically like going further further away from the camera view and um i remember him saying like i remember trying to pick up the controller and be like no 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 like trying to save the character and him going like petrus just 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 let me die man like i'm happy to die like it needs to be this way kind of like it was so insane like how far are you willing to go to save your son's life and and there's like you start to become a detective in the game as well like we got out a pen and paper we were listening for clues man like we put down a pen and paper and we were like wait wait what's that like we were changing um avenues at all times we were like working out we were literally working out um going on clues like should we do this should we do that and the game is really good in terms of you don't have to pass all the the missions let's put them like that they're not mission types it's just one continuous story but you don't have to pass every test to work out what is going on if you can read between the lines as well which we managed to do um that's why i'm like okay we made some bad choices but we didn't show our equation but we got the right answer if you know what i mean but that doesn't it didn't earn us a suitable ending but um, if anyone's interested in this stuff, like, again, what's white, what's wrong? Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing for your favourite character to to maybe, you know, finish after, uh, you know, before his time or go longer or do this or make, let's see the bad guy, let the bad guy win. Are you willing to do this? you got to check out this game. It's trippy as hell. It's creative. It's fantastic. Um, just bear in mind, it's not for everyone because of the quick time events because of stuff like that you can interact with almost everything i mean to a insane level of detail where you know you just don't walk into a bathroom you go into the bathroom you brush your teeth you can pick up the uh, the thing to shave i mean that's a really bad example but my point is there's a lot of detail in this game you can do anything you want to do it's exciting it keeps you gripped into the end just be careful it might burn out your playstation 3 <laughs> we've reached number two Nearly there. Oh, what a game this is. Number two is Metal Gear Solid. Soundtrack as well. Metal Gear Solid number one. I'm talking about on the PlayStation One. Wow, man! Talk about a game that was before its time. Years, years, and years before its time. Decades before its time. We briefly mentioned him earlier, Kojima. What a genius, when he used to work for Konami, it's a Konami game. Um, but originally it was out before, you know, Metal Gear had come out in some sort of form, I believe on the NES, I want to say. I might be wrong, or was it on the Game Boy? I could be wrong, but it's come out before. This is the first Metal Gear Solid. And oh my god, man, for anyone who hasn't played the Metal Gear Solid games, 
Um, they revolve around a main character called Solid Snake, who is, let's think of him as the ultimate warrior, yeah? But not in terms of muscles and stuff like that. Just um, very good at stealth, very good at sneaking in. If you want, like, a, a special James Bond secretive sort of person, oh, I shouldn't even say James Bond, he's sick. He's like a, like a modern-day American ninja. Let's think of it like that a little bit, without all the karate. You can do some karate, you can uh, kick you in the face and do chops like that. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going way off topic. Um, really good main character. Really well voice acted as well. Jesus, the, the, all the voices in this game are amazing. And bearing in mind, this is, a, this is a PlayStation 1 game. So this game, I didn't... When I first played this game, I didn't think this... This changed what I thought games were about. This is no longer the Crash Bandicoot, you know, game. This is no longer even the Tomb Raider. This is the same era, but it's not about that sort of games that are coming out then. It's not about the Mario's. It wasn't about the... This is... This is almost like a movie. This was doing stuff that other games were not doing at the time. Games were getting close to it. You know, like Resident Evil 2 was almost kind of cinematic, but not on this level. This was doing cutscenes, like, before cutscenes was really a thing. You know, it was, it was doing different angles, which you've never seen before in a video game. This was, it was like, it defined what AAA was. It defined what video games can do differently. From camera angles to dialogue to music to stories to twists, it was amazing, you know. And to the point where I say about movies, even like the names of character of of the real the real voice actors would come up when you saw the like the main guy, you know, Ocelot played by this guy. It would it would come up, and it was just something really special. On top of that, on top of all of that, the gameplay was outstanding. The gameplay was was next gen before its time. The way you could do stealth, the way you could hide here, the way you could interact with this, the way you could use this weapon, hide here, climb in there. What an amazing game. You know, you're trying to, this story revolves around you trying to infiltrate a, a, a base, yeah? A secret base because there, there's something there which is almost like a nuclear weapon called Metal Gear. Yeah, it could, it could potentially destroy the world in the wrong hands. It, it, it's something that could let off nuclear nuclear missiles, Okay. And you've been sent in there as the top, the top um, secret agent, uh, you know, you don't exist on, you don't even have a name. You know, your code name is Solid Snake. You go in there to try and disarm this thing and understand what's going on and it gets a bit crazy. There's really unique bosses um, and it all gets a bit crazy, but it goes further than that and it starts, the game starts off like that, like a traditional sort of stealth game, action game, but then it turns into... Again, I kind of want to say, like, you start questioning yourself, like, who are you? How are you made? Like, why are you doing this? Who, who is actually this, this general guiding you? Like, what is this relationship? Like, you kind of start questioning everything for some reason. And there's a re you know, for some reason, but there is a reason why you start to question it, because you start to find out stuff which maybe isn't true. You know, I kind of, like, think a little bit like Rambo. Like, Rambo wasn't just this brute, you know, he, he started to question what, the army was all about and whether what he was doing was the right thing and whether it wasn't the right thing and asking questions of himself and this is what Snake starts to, starts to do and he's proven right because things aren't exactly as they seem and you've kind of then got a choice to you don't have a choice you have to do this there's no there's no different paths but it plays out like as if you have a choice of right I'm going to do this anyway especially when you find out who it is you're actually 
try and attack and he's not the person you, you think he was and all of this stuff, it's really amazing. I'm trying to not spoil it because I still think it's a game, even though it's whatever it is, 25 years old, 20 years old, I still think it's a game worth going back and playing for someone. I, I got this game on uh, on um, PS Vita still, you know, PS1 Classic. I still play it. I try and play it every year, in fact. Once a year, I try and play this game because it's such a good game to complete. Uh, the story still remains with me today. Some of the set scenes remain with me today. It's a pleasure. They remade it really well on the GameCube as well. They updated the graphics and stuff, and that was a really good port of the of the original. The other Metal Gear Solid games, although some were very good, they never came close to this one. With everything, gameplay, story, atmosphere, it never came close. And by the end of what Metal Gear ended with, I mean, we all know sort of how it went. And obviously it went that way because, you know, the production team and the publishers didn't agree with with, with the producer. And they wanted to go different down different avenues and... But this time, this was like Kojima doing what he wanted to do. Not being too crazy, still being very, very, you know, legit and doing stuff the way he wants to do it still. And it just made a perfect combination. Like, if you ever want to see a PS1 game which defined an era, went forward and said, like, you know, this is the standard of what we need video games to become, then this was it. This was the first, like, gold standard video game. It's an amazing experience with great, great graphics at the time, great story, great music, great characters. And even like this little stuff it does, like it, it breaks the fourth wall a few times as well. And my God, man, some of the ways you interact with this game, like to the point where the infamous, you've got to find a code. You don't know what code to, to dial to, to speak to this mysterious person. And you work out that the code is on the back of the video game, of the actual art box you got to go and get the box. And do you know how difficult this was for my cousin, who had a uh, pirated version on his chip PS1, who didn't have any screens on the back of the box? It's just a brilliant game. The PS1 Classic is worth buying. The PS1 Mini Classic is worth buying just to play Metal Gear Solid because it's a fantastic game. A literally 10 out of 10 game. My second favourite game of all time. Man, we're lucky to have that, and we're lucky to have it so so early on. Whoever played it back then... Jesus, man, like, <laughs> you guys that didn't play it when it first came out, you don't know what you missed out on. What a game. Brilliant. We've reached my number one favourite game of all time. And it is Persona 4 Golden. This game is just full of amazing soundtracks, man. Oh, Persona 4 Golden. This came out... Persona 4 came out on the PS2. And Persona 4 Golden, which was like the HD version with some extra bits, came out on the Vita. And oh, man, the Vita didn't do well as a console. But I, I assure you, I guarantee you, the Persona uh, Vita is worth buying just for this game. If you buy a PlayStation Vita, all you gotta do is buy this game, and it, and it and it's justified the money because this game is my favorite game of all time. It is a gem. It is a diamond. It is the biggest diamond of all the diamonds. It's amazing. Where do I begin? I've talked about this game before, but I'm not gonna spoil it in in case someone does want to play the game. But 
The story is it's a, it's a JRPG, yeah, Japanese role-playing game. In fact, it was one of the first Japanese role-playing games I've ever played. One of the first, at least, I liked because I played like Final Fantasy back in the PS One days. But this was one of the first ones I really liked and really loved. Um, never really got the genre up till then. Yeah, the story is you're a kid from the city, high school kids. You move to the suburbs for the summer or for the year, actually. What am I talking about? To live with your uncle a bit. And um, shit hits the fan real quick. So what happens is there's a murder in that town. Uh, when when it rains and then the clouds form and the rain stops. Uh, the police find a dead body. So he's obviously been murdered. So there's a murder in the, ci in the city. And then uh, what happens again. Another rainy night. The rain stops. The mist stops. Mist clears. They find another dead body. So there's clearly a mass murderer on the on the loose. And the main character with his group of high school friends, they start to figure out that the cops aren't going to find this and there's something weird going on. Like the main character, he almost gets... Um, well, he does. He gets sucked into the TV. Like they, they start to see something called the Midnight Channel and there's this rumour going around school, like, that's how it starts, and you can imagine this thing being real, because th that is how a lot of rumours started, like, oh, do you know, if you do this, if you say this word three times into the mirror, blah, you know, there's a rumour going around school that um, if you watch at midnight uh, this specific channel, um, you will, uh, when it's raining, you will see um, someone, like, a, a, an image of someone speaking their true self, so let's say, like, if you tune in at, at midnight, you'll see me saying how um, I act like I'm really popular in school, but actually I'm just desperate for everyone to like me and I've got no confidence whatsoever. Let's say something like that. So kids start to tune in to see, like, who it's going to be and what they're really saying, blah, blah, blah. And then the main character realises that whoever's shown in there actually then then um, turns up uh, dead. So it's kind of like a clue of who you see on there. Um, turns up dead so when you see them on there you uh you try and look for this person try and save them before it happens before the mist clears and before the the rain stops so you can so you can save the person who's on there and that's how the game um that's the presence of the game you know what i mean and how you save them is you go into the tv world you go through these dungeons like classic dungeons you battle these these uh demons monsters that have the person who's stuck in the tv and you save them and usually the story's about, like, someone not being their true self, you know, not showing their true feelings, and that's why they're caught in this mixed-up world. So th that was an example. Like, someone who's really popular, uh, who's actually really sad inside, you know, they're not they're not giving off their true self. Or someone that's done something in the past, they can't get over it, they're really embarrassed about it, and uh, they get sucked into this TV world, turn up dead. So that's the story. But really, this game, again... <sighs> That sounds like a terrifying, scary story. And it's actually not that terrifying because the game is charming. It's charming as hell. Yeah, half the game is you searching for this killer, which is a very dark storyline. The other half is you becoming good friends with these high school kids and doing stuff that kids do. Going on trips, going to the beach, going to the cinema, getting your first girlfriend, getting your first boyfriend, whatever you want to do. You know, becoming best friends with this person. Everyone knows what it's like. Not, maybe everyone doesn't know, but everyone can imagine what it's like being the new kid in town and trying to make friends. Everyone knows what it's like trying to be friends. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to physically um, 
improve your social ratings with these kids. And if you do, the game, um, you know, it sort of rewards you by making your bond with the character stronger in battles. So let's say I really hang out with X character, the character called Teddy. Let's say I really hang out with him and I spend time with him in the game. Um, that means in when we battle, Teddy will be stronger. He'll be able to, he's a healer. He'll be able to heal me better. He'll um, take less damage because our relationship, our bonding has improved. And this game is all about friendship and bonding and trust and family and love. Um, and the good thing is you can't just do whatever you want to, you can do whatever you want to do, but there's a, there's, there's a day and night cycle. There's a day cycle. You've got certain days. You can't do everything all day. If I choose to spend time with Teddy, then it means maybe I don't spend time with my girlfriend. Maybe I don't spend time with Rise. Maybe our relationship doesn't go better. Maybe another girl comes into my life. Maybe I don't spend time with my niece. So you got to choose how you spend your time. And you can spend your time just, uh, you know, battling as well to become better like that. But maybe your friends won't. Again, I played this not strategically in terms of what I should do with my time. I played this in what I want to do with my time. Who I like as a character and who I want to genuinely spend time with. And who I haven't spent a lot of time with. Like, like real life. You know what? I haven't seen that friend in ages. Um, let me go and see him today. What's up? You know, we haven't, we haven't talked in a long time. What's up? What's going on? How are you? Like, I played this game like that. And you really do. These, these kids become your best friends. The, the, the character is so well. The voice acting is so good. The, um, the animations is, is so nice. The drawings are so good. that these, these characters became my friend. And it was sad me watching one of my characters um, upset. You know, it was sad for me knowing what they were going through. I wanted to help these kids. I wanted to find the kid. I wanted to help my uncle. My uncle's in the police force. Um, he hasn't got a lot of time for his daughter. I wanted to spend time with his daughter. She's my niece. I want to spend time with her because she's managing. She's grown up way before her age. And this game made me feel all, the, all these emotions. And that's why I love it. Yes, the gameplay was great as well in terms of the, 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 the time-based battle systems, which I never thought in a million years I would like a, a turn-based battle system like that. But I loved it. The music was fantastic. It complemented the game down to a T. What you could do in the game was, was great. Who you, you could talk to everyone. You could have conversations with everyone. There were side quests everywhere. There was different endings. This was the only game I played. Um, again, I played it the way I wanted to play it and didn't get, the, didn't get a good ending. That was my fault. I played the way I wanted to play it, but I didn't find, first time around, I didn't find who the true killer was. Uh, you know, I suspected the wrong person. I read the wrong clues. I couldn't end it like that. I had to play, I had to restart, and I played that ending again. And the game after that point played for another, I think, another 20 hours. It's a long game. It's about an 80-hour game in total. 80, 85 hours, I think it took me. And that was me not getting all, all the personas. It's a similar thing a little bit to Pokemon. Well, you don't have any Pokemon, but you've got things called personas. So, um, and again, it, it plays with that theme of who you really are. You know, you're not only um, Pet and Rhymesy. Everyone's got this own persona, like this own monster that they can fight with. But you're the only guy that can capture other personas and form other personas. So you can use different ones in different scenarios. One might be really good at electricity moves. The other one might be really good at attacking moves that one might be really good at defense and so on so there's there's this like addictive element of the game as well capturing personas and forming personas which i like but again i didn't play the game for that i played the game for this social interaction um it's another atlas game like the social interaction is similar to catherine you know the choices is similar you can do you can do choices in this as well it's it's just honestly the best jrpg and the best game i've ever played and having it on a handheld where you can have a quick battle, 
put it into standby mode, you know, put it back, I remember being in bed, waking up for like an hour playing this game, like, properly addicted, properly addicted, I bought a PS Vita TV um, the other day, what was it, two weeks ago, just for this game, so I could play this game on the big screen, so I could play this game with obviously next to me and go, man, watch this game, I bought the DVDs of this game, the, um, uh, the Blu-ray play. Uh, there's there's Blu-rays of the because the animations are so good. They put it into a Blu-ray. They put it into a book. You can buy books of this game, man. Because I'm telling you, the writing is good enough to go in a book. You can read the story. The story is the story is what keeps you going all the way through. But on top of that, the characters, the personalities, the atmosphere, the different locations from the school to the bloody cinema to the beach to the dungeons. It's a masterpiece. This game is a masterpiece. And unfortunately, I don't think Persona 5 hit nowhere near the same vibe with me personally as this did. But, you know, not everything can. Lightning doesn't hit twice. It was good enough having Persona 4. Persona 3 was a great game as well, but Persona 4 was just... It was literally perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I don't know what else to say to it. The only thing I can say is... If you're at all interested in any of what I've had to say, you owe it to yourself to play this game because I'm telling you, it is, it's the best game, it's my favourite game I've ever played. That's the end of the show. We've reached the top game. We've talked about the Magnificent Seven, my favourite seven. It's done. I've vented. I've got emotional. I've really enjoyed recording this, actually. And if you have, if you enjoyed this show, please, please, please leave us a review, tweet us, let us know, let us know you're out there and let us know um, that you like the show. You know, that interaction with us, it means a lot. I know Vimes and Clarky, they act like all hard men, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're doing it for ourselves and stuff. But when they see the views, when they see this, the interaction, they love it, man. They don't show it, but they love it. So please interact with us. If you still want us to keep doing these type of shows, if you like the solos, if you if you like us going to these other EGXs and all the rest of us, let us know. Let us know what you want to see. Um, we love doing it. We really love doing it. And guys, I hope you liked the, the beginning as well. I hope you gave a little boogie to that in your car, in your van, listening to it, to it on your way to work. I hope the guys don't send me my P45 after this. But yeah, man, thank you. Follow the show. Follow me at Life of Pet. Follow the guys, Vimez74, Clarky Snap, both on the Twitter. Confessional Pod on the Twitter as well. Um, yeah, man. Thank you very much. I'm out.